everybody. This is a very exciting live broadcast. I am here today with patron Colin Bergstrand. Hi, Colin. Hi. And he has done 30, no less than 30, OMS, which is the original mountain marathon. Um, and we're going to hear all about it today. He's just told me that his running partner, John, who he's done these 30 with, they've never had a fight. So I completely don't agree with, I, I don't believe that at all. We're going to find out all of the interesting gossip today here from Colin. And hopefully John will find his way onto the live chat so that he can be like, no, Colin, it wasn't like that at all. Um, and put things straight. We've got a couple of pictures as well to show you as well as we go through. But first of all, Colin, can I just ask you to explain what exactly is the, is the arm for people who don't know um, or have never heard of it before? Yeah, so I don't know if I get any awards for being the oldest person on your stream, but uh, I think for, for everybody there, the arm was really something that started many years ago by a guy called Jerry Charnley. And it was a mountain race. I think it was 68 that actually started going. And really, it was the forerunner of all uh, adventure racing before it got popular. And, and, and uh, so it, it really is it's a two-day mountain-orienting event. And the re reason he put it together was basically he thought it was the big challenge for mountain runners or people in the outdoors to basically be self-sufficient in the mountain for two, mountains for two days. And so it just started and it sort of snowballed. And certainly in the... Uh, late 80s before all you know trail running and the uh, and adventure racing started it was sort of the um, mountain running event that you know really all you know Joss Naylor was in it he won the elite events and what was also good and the really thing for people to understand there a lot of it as well is, is there's a key part of it is navigation so you you really need to be pretty sharp on your map skills and navigation to do well in it and um, and so so it's something that that uh, attracted John and I and uh, we we start well that's what the hobby is and we started and uh, it seemed to just snowball from there really yeah and it's it's really quite hard to do because it takes place at the end of October doesn't it every year so you've got that the clocks go forward so you've got an extra yes. hour which you think oh that's great extra hour of sleep but actually if you're in a tiny tent kind of sandwiched next to somebody yeah. you might smell or fart or you know be sweaty because there's no showers is there in the middle of nowhere um so it's it's quite no, it's, hard it's, it's two days total self-sufficiency in terms of what you get you get some water is basically as much of us and i think that you're quite right as you said there it's always on the weekend that the clocks change so so john and i you know when we come on to this there is, is that we always used to love the om because we both had kids all that sort of stuff that you're going through now claire and, and uh, we always used to get an extra hour in bed for the om ah. And we so always used to say that time there was some of the best night's sleep we ever had when we had kids was nights of the on. We'd do 10, 11, 12 hours. Cause it's, and it's always been about like that weekend because originally then, and you do notice the effect of global warming. It, it's the, it's it's that end of October. So the weather used to be pretty horrendous. First one we terrible. did was an absolute nightmare in mm. terms of it, uh, what you've noticed is it's got warmer and wetter. Really? It's cold, it was frozen shoes, it was all of that sort of stuff. That's wow. there. So, so it was always done for that, you know, it wasn't to be done in the summer. Because we also, then there is this, that we, John and I also, we've done many, he's done over 20, I'm getting on to that sort of way. We've done um, the Saunders in the uh, Lake District in the oh, summer. I've Pretty done similar that event. I think. Did I do that one? I yeah, it's great. And so, so for people get that, that's always the first weekend in July. So you yeah. have, so we've had this thing like burnt sunshine, horrible rain and, and uh, snow so you, you get the whole 
gamut of the, the mountains. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and also it gets dark, doesn't it, about four o'clock in October Early. or yeah, five so o'clock and then four o'clock the next day. So You could yeah. be racing to get in before it, you know, it, it, uh, it gets dark, absolutely. Yeah, well, you've really sold it to us there, Colin. It sounds <laughs> like a most wonderful event. Um, can, I, can I ask you how you met John and what made you sign up for that first one? Because it was 1986, did you say, that it was the yeah, first the one? Yeah, the first one there, yeah. New Galloway, there you go, and that's it. So, um, yeah, so I met John at university, or, or as we were, we were there, we went to Sheffield Poly, as it was then, Sheffield Hallam. So we met, we were actually in the same halls in the first year. And um, I suppose backgrounds-wise, I was always quite a big runner and stuff like that. John was a big mountaineer. I think he did a lot in, a, in, in army-based stuff there. So we both loved the mountains and the hills. And we used to nip in on the bus from Sheffield and go walking in the Peak District, all that good sort of stuff there. And then a big, I think also it helped in, in what we did with the on there is, is that we, we used to disappear into the lakes for, you know, four or five days and wild camp and all that sort of stuff as students. So, so we, we just, and we knew each other for the four years that we were there. And uh, we used the on as a, as a reason to continue uh, uh, meeting, training. I think we really, we love the training that we do as much as the on itself because of the time, time we spent together. And we used it at that time then to, uh, to, to continue, you know, the relationship that we had and meeting as good friends, really. Yeah, I've just um, put a picture up of you guys on the start line of this year's OM, or last year's now, um, and you both look just so happy to be there. Um, like, you're good friends, obviously, and it's just a really nice chance to catch up and get more sleep than usual, it seems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a sleeping event, that's it, yeah. <laughs> And in terms of training, um, how did you train for that first one? Um, were you already yeah, fit? I, or? Mean, I mean, this is part of one of the reasons, you know, for your podcast and things are saying now because training's become so much more of a science. And, you know, what's, what, what we're talking, 86 there, is that we, we were just doing it. The thing we did was, was to get out in the hills. And I think anybody who does a norm or an event like that i mean the, the big difference is say from trail running is and we found out you've got to get off the trails you've got to get off because the on as people know you, you base the, the there, there are linear and uh, score courses that they do um, but you've really you've got to make your own track your own route you've got to find things you've got to navigate you've got to get to those places and the, the bulk of your day is going to be off track if you find runnable ground, that's absolutely brilliant, you know, stuff there. But, you know, you're climbing as well as that. So, so you know, you, you follow all these the people, I don't know, like Jasmine Paris's of this world to say, you know, you, you, you're going to be doing a lot of hiking. So the way, way we basically started there, I mean, we were young, we were reasonably fit. We just went off into the Peak District and did a bit of hiking there. And, and I think as, as we got older, we, we uh, progressed our training. And, and I think we both, I think the issue as well there, really, because this podcast is for, you know, mid-pack runners there, is, is that we both had pretty, you know, pretty full-on careers, with great senior roles, travelled a lot, all of that sort of stuff was there. So, so it, it, you know, trying to train and get re ready for it was always a bit of an art form. And, and we introduced, certainly when we were getting a bit older there, we, we had this sort of six-hour thing. We had this mantra that we did. So we, we usually used to start training after in, in late summer, and we used to do what we call six hours. Um, it was um, 20 miles and 1,000 metres of climb. And so we used to go out and we'd do that. Yeah. And that, and that was very, you know, and before, that was, some of that was getting before watches. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's you, take, you can't hide from it. You know exactly what you've done and we can watch it as, it as it's going up there. But, you know, then it was, you know, we'd get the map out and we'd just go and 
I mean, there's not, I think there's, there's not much of the Peak District. We all, because of where we used to live, we used the Peak District as our training ground. And, and, uh, and we used to say that if you used to see two blokes um, running around the hills uh, with, with, you know, packs on the backs there at, at that sort of time of year, it was usually John and I. And he sometimes had a dog that we used to take with us there. So, so you know, so we, we just, that's what we used to do. We used to get in there and where we could, we'd just get off path. Quite, you know, this, we've, tro- we've trodden most of that whole Derwent watershed, all that Peak District area. We know it like the back of our hands now. Yeah. And, just, and that's what we train on. So, and, and we just love it. And I think the days that we've had training there together are as, you know, as good as the races that they are themselves. And, yeah. And so, yeah. And Enjoying it all. Yeah, that big thing that we always say there is to people, and, and interestingly enough, this year when we get onto that, is, is that this year's race, um, and we did things, uh, sorry, yeah, the last year's race, we've moved years now, haven't we? So last year's race, I mean, John and I, we, we did the, also did the Highland Ultra together last year, so a three-day event in Noidart, another superb thing. But we said after the end of the first day there, that was the hardest day in the hills that we'd had last year, and we'd done it a lot, was the first day of the on. Oh, and really? We it, and we, and that's, you know, just so you think that, and that's what we reckon it's because we hadn't done enough off, off, off path training. Off path training. Uh, it's quite interesting um, hearing you talk about all this because John is actually here right now on the live chat. So he's he's saying, um, I'll just read you out some things because you, you haven't got this in front of you, have you, no. Colin, there? Okay, so he said, in the early years, we only tended to do about 14 miles in training. So yeah. <laughs> he's already, yeah. already debunking the myth. And then he said, we should have done longer distances when we were young. And he said, yeah. then we would go off and drink beer. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really serious athletes, you see, Claire. That's what it is. So, yeah, yeah no, this is brilliant. I think everybody is in, on board with the beer because Tad says, um, and more beer um, and uh, when you were young, he means. And he says, and then Andrea says, being young enables training a beer. And yeah, and uh, John says, yeah, we drank quite a lot of beer, to be fair. So there was a lot of beer training going on as well as the running training. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to welcome John to the, the show and the podcast as well. So if you're just joining us now, John is Colin's running partner for the OM and they've done 30 OMS together. Um, so I just want to, because you've been doing it since the 80s and I was... Um, I was hiking in like the 90s and I remember my mum and dad climbing Kilimanjaro. I remember when head torches were actual little bulbs, not LEDs. I remember Absolutely. like my mum's Rohan fleece. I remember those backpacks from Berghaus. All the old stuff I remember because I used to use it at school. Um, and so it's really interesting to me how um, how kit has changed oh, um, over over time. So could you yeah. just, can you like like me- memory lane, like back to what you oh, carry yeah. I, in I, the 80s and 90s and yeah. then compare it to now? I, I think there's, there's two aspects to that. And we, because, um, and you know, you look at Om now and, and the people that they were there, you, you used to find when you used to go to the, you used to carry more, it started for everybody there. It, it's, originally it was the Carrymore International yeah, Mountain Marathon yeah, I remember. and then it came and carried it up till about two, early 2000s when Carrymore stopped uh, sponsoring it and um, took over so um, yeah it, they, they used to go there and they used to have these new gear lightweight cagoules and all that sort of stuff but no it was very much I think the first year we did it we, we did it with a transier in terms of oh stone, my goodness right? so I remember, remember transiers those yeah, like, so we had them on yeah. D of E absolutely yeah. so, so that was that was I mean, and and then I think at that time, Petzl head torches came out, the big ones with the big batteries. They were yeah. they were like it was that was yeah, with like a battery this big on the oh, back, yeah, just huge, for like yeah. a 
like 50, 100 lumen torch, maybe. And the, I mean, bulb, it used to have, used to have a spare bulb yeah, a spare and all that bulb. sort of stuff. I remember yeah, so, that. Yeah, that, 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 so those were things that used to have. And, and I, I was like, I was interested in the fair, as you say, though, it, it was the, um, the Tim Piggott thing you did last week. I thought the thing that he came out there, he said about 10% of your body weight in terms of your weight before mm. it changes the, your running style. I'd not heard that one before, but I thought it was a really good one. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so uh, um, and it was sleeping bags. I had a damn sleeping bag, but it was huge. You know, um, tents, I can't remember the first tent we did it with because that was the other thing that's there. And, and I think, John, now and, and where we are, I mean, as we've got older and uh, you know, more stupid with our money, we've, we've, you know, we've been able to buy good kit, which is the thing that's there. And, and I think now there's so much good kit you can get. But, yes, yeah, so, so it was. It was those things. You just had more weight, I think. Was yeah. The thing was there. everything just bigger and bulkier and heavier everything was, yeah, back absolutely. in the day? Yeah. yeah, I feel like that too. Everything's got like super light and super thing. But it was very durable, wasn't it, a lot of the stuff back then? Yeah, and I think also you said there is, is that interestingly enough there is, is that you used to, the, the Om sack was, I think you made some comments before about the original, you know, the Om sack that also I've still got an old one flying around somewhere there. Cool. And you that was a 35 litre Om sack and you used to be able to get it just get it into there and the one thing that I said with that, that always used to amaze me John's sack is always smaller and lighter than my sack and yeah hours trying to agonize what's he's doing that I'm not or what's he's he probably put all his snacks in your bag yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, so it was and really those on sacks you kept around to that thing and we're, we're going lighter now but I think that's because you know we've bought better kit you know and, and uh, um maybe going to get onto kit later and stuff they have there but things like stoves now you see it's a small yeah, you know it's just a small thing and, you know, and, and, the, and the little um um piece that goes on the top there so they they've that, that's massively reduced yeah um i think you always you think there when you get into those is, is, is that it's water carrying and how much water do you carry i mean that's always a a thing that you go there and um, i think we always used to the memories all we also have there we used to have um uh, we used to get the the headaches from dehydration headaches because you yeah. weren't drinking enough and, did you not um, pick up water on the way around so you do but i think Sometimes it's at that time it's frozen, but you don't you don't do it. And I think the thing that if you look at the Steve Birkinshaws of this world and you read his blog there, he thinks it's horrendous that anybody carries more than like you know half a litre of water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I but, try not but, to. Yeah. And we and we what we found that we did there, and and you know we tried with all the different um, drinks and stuff up there, is is that we always used to use bladders because. They, they just because hydration because you, you, when you go in this you could be out for hours. Yeah. And, so, so it was always, you know, how much water do you carry? Do you? And we always used to wear on carry more water because you just felt better for it. But, yeah. You know, and so, I remember you know, so. that, like, you'd have a hydration bladder and it would come around in that tube. Um, and that yeah, was before people thought to like put loads of stuff up the front here, like running yeah. packs. Now, I, I remember all yeah. this. And John, yeah. John's come in. He's chipped in about the tent. He said uh, the uh, the light. It was the lightest tent that you could get. It was the um, two or three kilograms, and it was uh, the ultimate phaser dome. Oh yeah, right. Because yes, that's it. Yeah. And we had a space packer, and now, but I mean, there's, I mean, the also almost the, the tent, you know, people are used now. It's a Terra Nova that John's got. Man, that everybody uses them, and they're about yeah. a kilo now. That's yeah, it. yeah, they are. They can get everything <laughs> for a kilo. Um, yeah. And Andrea says she used those petals as well, but she used them for caving back in the day. She said they weren't yeah. that bright. Yes, I <laughs> definitely rem remember those. Um, 
And then like nutrition wise, a lot obviously has changed in the nutrition arena as well. What kinds of stuff were you taking when you first started out on the OM? Were you those annoying people? Like, I've done two mountain marathons, both like summery ones. Like I wouldn't ever venture to the OM. Um, and like there's always someone cooking bacon, isn't there? In the morning, <laughs> somebody's taken bacon yeah. and a freezer pack and they've cooked it. And you're just like, you if you're going to carry more weight and you're going to want something there is, is a, a decent meal is something that is that we've always done but mm -hmm. but yes so food wise yeah i mean it comes back into this and this is i think where things go into sort of the ultra running space that people do now and nutrition is gets a very big thing the other thing you find there within on two days as well you've got to eat the big thing that you got in it and it is this classic doing ultra stuff that's there now, eating during the day. And John's a lot better at it than I am. But we try and get into this hour thing. If you're going up hills, take a bar. And you've got to find some things that you like. I mean, I'm into tantifastics are my carb, you know, food of choice because I can get them down. Tantifastics. Uh, yeah. The, the Haribos. The, the Haribos, yeah. Yeah. Good Brilliant. choice. Yeah, they are. I mean, I love them. And... Uh, and, and, and you've got to, I, I almost still now have to force myself to eat. It's so hard. Yeah. And uh, there, but you, but, and, and yeah, and, and it's, I think really haven't changed that much. I think early days, it, it was um, muesli bars was the thing you used to have there. And that, if you can get those down. And, and I mean, I always, I'm a savoury person as much as well there. Is, is that, and I'm not averse to a pork pie or a scotch egg or anything oh. like that. It's, it, you've got to find what you, you really yeah. can eat is the big thing that people are doing these sorts of things and, and the benefit like of it being in winter means you can take a pork pie and it won't go off you know like yeah. you could eat a pork pie on day two safe in the knowledge that it's been yeah. freezing <laughs> or yeah. frozen and, and, and then you're saying about that is, is that when you're talking about the campsite things though when you've done as many of these arms as john and i have you do get to know the people that are there and the people that and we used to uh, see every year Howard and Mike, John will laugh his head off there now, and they were hilarious. We used to see them all the time. And what they used to do was they used to, and they, exactly that same thing. I remember them bringing um, frozen um, uh, haddock, smoked haddock and oh, kippers. Wow. And they used yeah. to fry kippers up for breakfast in the morning. You it, can was <laughs> it was them. It was. It was them. Well, John says he even thinks that they, you guys camped next to me on a lamb. And I did do the lamb. Like, a, the lamb's gone now, isn't it? But I did do yeah. the lamb one year. Um, and he says that you guys cooked chorizo stew and pasta whilst watching everybody else with their dehydrated stuff. Um, so that could have been the case. I, I may have met you um, ages ago. That was donkey's years ago. That was probably like 2016, 17 or something like that. Or even earlier, that's maybe. Not, that's not donkey's years ago, Claire. 2015. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and Jonathan remembers Howard and Mike Kippers for breakfast as well. Um, yeah, once I made this really bad error, I put an electrolyte tablet into my uh, pasta because I thought, oh, that will just zing it up a bit. It'll just taste a bit orangey. And it tasted so disgusting that I could hardly even eat it. But I had to eat it because it was the only thing I had. I was so sad that day. Oh, um, Jonathan said that that one wasn't with Colin. So he's done other arms without you. Oh, yeah. He's done other mountain marathons without you. How dare he? We had another friend that, so yeah, we did it. He was, he was lucky because I think you go back to this in, in terms of uh, wives that were there. He always used to go and do the lama. I could never get away with that because I used to do the Saunders and the, uh, 
uh, and the om and then because yeah. you, know, you go to this it, it's quite a commitment when we've done yeah. them as there it's because you know you disappear for four, for three four days basically yeah. through there so uh, yeah so another funny story like this one claire as well there is is that interestingly enough john's uh, wife's birthday is on the 28th of october Every year he misses his wife's birthday. No, so there we have the laugh there with Claire there, is, is that I've spent more nights uh, on Claire's birthday in a, <laughs> in a tent with John than she has. And she's called Stina. Claire as well. She's called Claire as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, what a good name. <laughs> um, and so, so who does John do his lambs with if he doesn't do them with you? He he's got a friend, was... Andy, who he did there, but I think his hips have gone now, so he's, uh, oh. he's, he's, he's not able to do them, yeah. Well, he... Um, he says it was the lamb at Crucian, and I wrote about it for Trail Running Magazine. Um, yeah, that was an amazing lamb. Oh, I loved it. Mm. It was such beautiful scenery. It was up in the north of Scotland somewhere or other, and it was really hard work, um, but it was amazing. Um, he said he's also sprinkled milk powder over chorizo instead of parmesan. That's, that's a, that's a yeah, fair enough thing to do. <laughs> and um, a lambs were a 40th birthday present. Um, for him one year and then he just carried on he was cheating with Andy his other partner yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says this is, this is a good group chat isn't it um and so uh, talking of cheating how was the sleep um because you said you guys have never had a fight so you know like no one's robbed a bit of duvet or anything because you're really sandwiched in aren't you on those oh, very, how yeah, close absolutely. just how close are you give us an impression yeah yeah I mean it is I think a bit of advice I'd give as well for people who want to do more than one mountain marathon is find somebody who they can get on with because mm. I think that's a key thing. And, and we, yeah, I mean, we've shared some of the smelliest, dirtiest, horriblest places I think ever in there. And, and uh, um, two things really is, is that don't scrimp on a sleeping mat. All these people, are, I think even more so nowadays, they're good for, because the other thing about, about these sorts of things, you like it to get wet, so you've got something to keep you off the, off the floor, brilliant. Um, but a good sleeping mat, and uh, um, uh, what's the wrong word there to say? You have to learn to spoon sometimes, I suppose. <laughs> That's the guess. But no, we're fine. And, and if you can, top and tail, I think, is another good thing that you can do there, but that depends yeah, on if you've got a good... Uh, yeah. yeah, but then you've got someone's feet in your face, which is yeah, not always ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we've covered kit and nutrition and sleep. I just want to talk to you a little bit about navigation because that maybe is one of the things that hasn't changed quite so much because you're surely no. not allowed to use a GPS watch on the arm. No. So maybe that's one of the aspects that hasn't actually changed that much. And I know that one of our other patrons, Hannah Neal, um, mm. or Hannah Basley, she um, she was interested to know um, a few tips about navigation that you've kind of gleaned yeah. over the years. Um, so yeah, what's the nav like on the arm? Is there different, so, different yeah, levels? And, and I think it's actually got easier because of the fact that one simple thing there and uh, uh, John and I were talking about this is, is that now they mark your maps for you oh do they so when you when you started you know in 86 in the good yeah, old days you'd have to I, sound, draw I, sound, I sound like your dad now don't say no no honestly, i'm older than how old do you think i am uh, I, I think i do know because you put it in one of your things up there but yeah, yeah, so you, no, yeah. i'm 40 in yeah, you're february just big four, so isn't it? i am a lot older than a lot of people think i am and uh, i just i'm just very immature so a lot of people think i'm like 20 <laughs> or something i got id'd in morrison's the other day i was i was so Brilliant. happy yeah, yeah, yeah i was like i'm nearly 40 um but yeah um I remember, oh, what were we talking about? Navigation. Nav, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I learned so, yes, on so a I think there, normal there is, map. Is the, 
the, the way the courses work, there are two types of courses in the, in the on there. You can do what are called linear courses, which they give you eight, ten checkpoints and you do them in order. Or there's a score class that, that people do there, which just give you loads and they've got points and you go around and who gets the most points wins, sort of points makes prizes type of thing that's there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and first, the first thing you used to have there was marking your map right. Yeah, with grid, grid references. Grid. Yeah, and, yeah, and sometimes it was before. belting it down with rain and what did you use and all that sort of stuff was there. So, so that always used to become a thing and, and we used to do it and then check each other's map that sort of stuff there which is always a big thing at that time because yeah you can mark it wrong and you've just gone somewhere totally wrong yeah. now they're all marked so so that's a big thing there and, and john think... says sorry to cut in john says the maps are now waterproof and you used to have to have a paper map and keep it in a plastic bag and i remember that like getting a pencil yeah. and going <laughs> under the bag and circling yeah, things because yeah. when i did tour de triggs when i was 17 that would have been like yeah. 1998 or nine or something and we did 50 miles we had to circle it all to start with and that was part of the time like you you didn't get that time back that was part of the, the absolutely yeah you, well, the moment you go everyone's you go, gone soft it. yeah absolutely so so yes so so you go to there and, and i think the big thing said a, a bit like you claire i was brought up from a very early age you know different things there like map and compass navigation there's no such thing as gps or watches or anything like that yeah so, i've only so used you... that once on cape Rath ultra <laughs> and I, I was like i need the map ah. yeah but i'm not very I'm, i would just Add, I'm not very good at map reading, but I can, you know, I can get myself around. Yeah, well, so you, you've got to learn, and the thing there is, is, is that um, now they've nowadays they've, they've not banned phones and uh, watches in these events now because I think mean, it's just so difficult to police. But it, I think it's one of those things that we were having this conversation as well, John and I, recently about the fact that we can't believe that people aren't looking at the watches and uh, phones now for, for for things like. But the the spirit of the event is you don't use any of that and you just use map and compass. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, you've got to practice. You've got to get in there and be comfortable with a map. And and I think for me, there's always a thing. And many of these are often, you know, a few miles apart there. And, and there's two types of navigation for me. There is it's a, there's a navigation to get you into the area, so you know which is the best way to go. And then there's the quite pinpoint navigation because I think if yeah, I think the amount of time I spend running around the mountain looking for a re-entrance and you know, like, plumbing <gasps> re-entrance. even is a re-entrance? <laughs> like what the hell is it? <laughs> I never knew. I learned orienteering at school when I was like. And they call 15, it re-entrance. It's like a dip, it's, isn't it? It's like the opposite it's a dip of a spur. Or a start of a water course or something like that. It's yeah, just it's, a big it's, dip, and, and, a big ditch, yeah, usually it, full of water and bog. And, yeah, and, and so so you, you you then get into that finer nav where you basically have to look at it. But and I think the other tip I give for people when they are giving navigation there, and what is really hard, and we tripped up a bit this year on it as well, though, is, is that. If you know what moving a kilometre is like in terms of time and distance and you mm. get a feel for what a kilometre is, which is a grid square on your map, that's the sort of, if you know what that is and how long it takes you to do it, and they, they, those are good things when you, because you usually find you somewhere and then, you know, you've got to find this and it's, people see them all in interior market. You can spend it, you can waste a hell of a load of time um, um, you know, trying to find these things if, you, if your navigation is not good. You've then got to basically, you know, look for things there. So that's when things get, serious and often we spread two of us so and, and often when it's really really um foggy uh, and, and the clags down and that sort of stuff there is is that you know you keep a distance that so you can see each other and then you go for it and try and find it using that finer navigation that you see from from the map so so those are sorts of things you've got to get comfortable with and sometimes and the classic thing there is don't follow people oh yeah 
or flattened bits of grass where you think yeah, people have gone. Because <laughs> what you do find there as well is, is that lots of different classes, lots of people going all over the place. So, you know, you, you can you can maybe have a look at it in there and there you get an idea. But yes, you can get you can really trip up if you think, oh, I'll follow that person and do yeah. that. But, yeah, you've got to uh, and, and, and it becomes much more of an issue when it's when it's mistier and claggier than something like summer or great visibility you know you go whoa great you can see it. you can see a, a knoll for miles away but sometimes you've got to hit a knoll in the middle of nowhere and you've not so you can't see more than about 50 yards so it's you know it's you've got to get comfortable with being in that sort of environment if you you know if you want to uh um enjoy yourself yes enjoy <laughs> and not <yourself>. argue <laughs> um uh Oh, um, also, John's just come in here. I've just put a little picture up of you and him um, having found a checkpoint. So they're um, orange and white um, tri they're triangle marked. flag things. And this one's near a stream. And it's very misty. It looks very featureless, this bog. Um, and Jonathan's also said something which is interesting because this wouldn't have happened in the 80s and 90s. He says, if you're close to the checkpoint and you can't see it, you can sometimes hear it beep as people dib. So yes. now you wear these like little like yeah. concert wristband things um, and they've got a plastic dibber and you just have to dib it in like and it goes beep yeah. like that and goes red. But in the olden day, you used to have a card, didn't you? And you used to pr yeah, it had different prongs on the punch and you yeah. punched it down and you had to do it in the right order. If you got it in the wrong order, you were toast, yeah. weren't you? Absolutely. Um, so you had to check that you were at the right one because even if you'd gone too far and got the next one by accident, if you put it in the right hole, you could go back and you could still save the linear course. Um, but yeah, oh, that is so. It's changed so much, hasn't it? Because I used to do orienteering at school, so this is like yeah. the times you were doing the on. And he said and also, people, there, people are not doing this, and they want to, you know, get into the. Uh, one thing I'd always suggest to people there is there are plenty of orienteering yeah. clubs around that do events, and you can just rock up. Try some simple orienteering events just to get comfortable with map compass finding things. That's always, you know, a useful tip if uh, yeah. people are not comfortable with that. Go to an orienteering event. There are loads of them around the place. It's amazing. Yeah, find. it's a really good place to get started. And they're, yeah. just, they're small courses and they're often yeah. like at your local country park. So you might know it a little bit and yeah. that helps to start with. Um, and Jonathan says also um, people bending down can be a good indicator of a checkpoint. Either that or they're going for a sneaky wee. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it that's a good one as well um so you say that you and john have never argued why do you think that is like because you i've seen people having little um, little on, on well, we've the, seen, on we've seen people having howlers yeah have you absolutely yeah yeah I think, yeah i think there's two things that i think what causes that i think you know when people are going to do mountain marathons of this type i think what you'll find is, is that if you, you know, if I, if I went there and try, if you do with people who have a sort of a similar ability, yeah. it's fine. The, I see a lot of tension comes in when um, it, somebody's a, a much better able runner and, and they don't like waiting for, because the other thing about, about these events as well, and I think quite different to what a lot of people get in trail running is these are team events. It's about the two of you. You know, you, if you don't both get over the line, you toast again and, and you know and you can't see you have to look after the person that you're with you know and, 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 and that you get the best out of them if you two are, are moving you know in tandem sort of uh, together so so you've got so I think there, there is is that what stops arguing is if people are of a, a simple mind we always used to start I think first objective when John and I were now there was to finish 
on some of the uh, some of the home events, you, you could get fifty percent dropout in terms of classes of people not finishing. Yeah, that was not, an, and you go into the elite classes even now, and I mean, God, I think less people finish than start. You know that sort of stuff is there. So, yeah. so uh, maybe some of the other classes not so like we're doing there. But but you you, you know the first objective for us was finish. Did you finish um, the two thousand eight event? Do you remember the one which oh, was yes, really well, really so, wet? So, well, no, but nobody made it did. Onto but, the news. Yeah, I mean that's Borrowdale for people. Oh, no one did. Oh, okay, did they cancel that, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but that, that was it. Got flooded off. We didn't talk of biblical floods and the like. There, look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. Um, but we, um, we actually, we would have finished the first day. John and I were there. Yeah, it's a bit wet and windy, you know, sort of things there. But the, the whole issue, I think, was that the whole event centre got flooded out and, and uh, all of that sort of stuff there. But we were, we actually were on the top. It was that was in the Lake District as well, and, and we were actually on the top of Dale Head and, and the next checkpoint was go down the ridge or we looked at it and we were getting probably blown over at that point uh, and we we just hunkered down we said we looked at the map and said well the simplest thing to do is just go down the road and pick up from the checkpoint because it was yeah <laughs> quicker yeah <laughs> and and, uh, um, and and so we actually pegged down from Dale Head and at that point there was somebody on the road saying it's called off and we walked back to the event centre and the lucky thing we had there is is that um starts of these sorts of things are staggered through the we had a really late start that day unfortunately we parked our car off the camps off, off the parking field of where it was and most people's cars got flooded out and ours didn't so we got out straight away i mean it was quite 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 funny that was because um my wife was staying in the in the lake district with our kids because often i've stayed in the lakes after or, or near where we've been um with, with the family afterwards and and uh so so we arrived up and dropped there and they said what are you two doing here and uh, all across the news was this whole thing this adventure <laughs> race gone seen. wrong and it, it wasn't and we, yeah. we we you know it, it was i think the great thing they said there is if you're going to lose two thousand people on the hills the people to lose on the hills were the people who were doing the on because we were yeah. the most capable people to do it i think there were there were about 20 people from mountain rescue teams who were actually event people on there yeah and i think they only had one minor injury as somebody who'd, who'd um, um sprained their ankle or something daft like that because most of the people out there thought well, yeah let's stay in the hills what's the problem i know and jonathan jonathan is coming back in he said i think we did at least two that were worse than borrowdale in 2008 people have got yeah. soft by then That's a lot of, there was a lot of health and safety that started to come in. Oh yeah. Um, and he also just he I didn't get to read this out just when we were talking about the um, in the olden days. Um, he was saying with the punch cards in the olden days they had to be checked so you didn't know if you'd actually successfully completed until the mm. results came back in the post. Everything yeah, yeah. just took a lot longer. It was bigger, bulkier, took longer, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all a bit slower moving. So um, but it still worked. Yeah, it still worked. Yeah. Um, so if so, we've talked about quite a lot of things, and you've given loads of great advice here for um, people who might want to do the arm, or they might want to start orienteering, or going to. There's there's an event called the Arm Light as well yeah. that we've currently. If you're a patron, you um, you might be able to win an entry to the Arm Light, um, and that's great start. For yeah, everyone. that's a really really good start. It's uh, basically it's third um, and fourth of June, and um, you could you go around navigating. I think it's a score course. You navigate to as many as you can in the 
in the set time. But that is a fact that's that it's easier than the arm, isn't it? And you yeah. can, you don't have to carry everything on your back no, it's, because it's a festival village and you go it's out. In every grass, day. I think it's in Grasmere. Yeah, it's part of the Grasmere um sports um the Grasmere Festival that Gainer yeah. Prior organises. So there's also five K, ten K, um half yeah. marathon and marathon trail running events there as well. So um if you're not already a patron, um then you won't be automatically entered to win that. So just go on the website and, and have a look at that because it, it looks really, really good. Um, but we there's, talked... another, there's another really good event that Shane Early does that John and I oh, do. Oh, Lakes in a Day. Well. Great, no, it's the Great Lakeland Three Day. Oh, Great Lakeland Three Day. That's what I thought I was saying yes. in my head. And uh, <laughs> we did it in 2021, and, and uh, that's that's really good. There is nav in there, but they yeah. say it's on trails there, but, it, but if people want to get an idea for it, and with that, it's done from a one campsite, so you're out and back in the day, and then you do for three days if you've got the time and stuff is there. That's a really good introduction, yeah. not having to... So there are a, a number of events like that. They say yeah. they, they said NAV wasn't a big issue there, but John and I did it. I thought, yeah, the NAV isn't. If you, you need to be reasonably... Mm. You know, you need to... You'll get a good experience of what finding checkpoints is like with an event like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you just need to go and do it, don't you? I mean, yeah. like go and do some orienteering um, locally, but also a really good idea is to go on a navigation course as well, isn't it? There's lots of people that run these. They're not that expensive. I don't know, it's no, maybe no. 40 quid and for the, a day. Great events. And, and, and I think you just let the basics and then you can go off and plan your own routes and, and do everything yourself. Yeah, and I think for a lot of mid-pack runners like us there, you know, you know they sit there, is, is that they're... they're they're great because the the other thing that we always used to find why do you do onset they make you think you cannot relax you know what I say about this is is that you do end one of these races even more mentally tired than you would do a trail race or stuff yeah. like that because because there's a lot of concentration that you have to do with your navigation which is always a big attraction for me with it yeah yeah it takes your mind off the actual running doesn't it it does yeah <laughs> like, yeah I, I've always I've I have a like a love hate relationship with orienteering like it's so frustrating <laughs> when you get it wrong isn't it and I, I yeah. know it's just hate getting stuff wrong it's horrible um but yeah if you go in with the right attitude it, it can be really good um so um yeah so I was just going to say we've we've got some we've had some really good tips there for newcomers to the arm but what would you say is the biggest tip that you could give somebody who really wants to do the actual arm like this October what would be the biggest tip from you that they could do bef like during this year to prepare for it So again it's that thing is is that it's don't think you're going to do some trail running and stuff like that and you're going to enjoy the on because you're not. You need, you've got to get comfortable with being off track. And, and I think there is this big thing like, you know, spines going on at the moment there and you listen to all the people training at the front at the moment there. They've got to get used to this thing. Hiking is one of those things as well because, you know, the top guys as well, yeah, you know, even in the elite classes there, they're... If they get going over four miles an hour, you know, miles an hour on that sort of terrain, that sort of stuff there, that, that's, you know. That's zooming. It's, zo it's zooming. So, so you, you just need to be comfortable uh, and, and, and certainly put in some of your training there off path stuff because it uses different muscles, you, you, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So, so really breaking that training up is, is, a, is a huge thing that you need to do. And, and the other thing there is, is that you've got to try your kit out. I mean, I think, you know, say with that, John and I can put a tent up in any weather and whatever it is now, you know, we're comfortable with it. But it, you talk about frustration, just don't go there with a tent that you don't know how to put up and <laughs> like that, you see, yeah. or a stove that you don't know how to, you know, start and all these sorts of stuff that's there. So, so it is just 
be comfortable with your kit and try your food as well. Not so that the yeah. that food is said there is is that be comfortable with what meal you're gonna have. And a pot noodle doesn't do it for anybody. <laughs> it's the, whatever they say there is is that you need something substantial and there's good lightweight stuff. A lot of people who packets can't hate them myself, but there's stuff that's there is but you know, you can do rice, you can do pasta, you Cuscus. can there are great sauces and stuff like that, you know, and you know, cheeses you can get in, sachets, that's it's just some real food is there. anybody, you know, all the nutritionists say it, don't they? There is it's a real food. So and you do need it. So so you, so really it's, it's don't just go there not having tried the stuff yeah. that you're gonna use, I think would be the biggest advice. And if, you, if you're gonna to want to enjoy it anyway. Yeah, it sounds like the advice is practice, practice, practice every single yeah. aspect. And and John's got a tip as well. He says his biggest tip is to do long days out in the wild yeah. with some off track, like you were saying, yeah. and carrying a realistic amount of gear and like maybe a bit more than realistic amount of gear, like hiking yeah. with a bigger back, like tabbing Absolutely. might be. Uh, a I, mean, I think you know, a great one is is the pit of my training there. Is Jasmine Paris always used to say this? You know, there is. It's uh, and she used to all the stuff she does there. She just say, "What's the best training for?" long days in the hills and she'd go long days in the hills yeah you know and, and, and which is so so true and, and yeah hiking I mean that's what you know I, I you know look I'm John and I you know, are very um lucky now is is that we, both of us aren't working now and and we I mean what we've been doing now is regularly on a Thursday we'll meet up somewhere and we'll go have a long day in the hills yeah. we're running out that's it and stuff there and that's what you those that is a just to get your body used to being out because you are going to be out for six seven eight hours and you know easily if you certainly if you go wrong or something like that it's, it's a, so you have to be used to you know younger people do this but as you get older they have to get used to being out in the hills for those, that length of time yeah. and that's exactly as you say and some weight on your back yeah and john says also um crap weather as well so yeah, yeah just yeah, don't just wait till it gets nice because it won't be nice on the arm. Go with your uh, yeah. can guarantee that. Yeah. And so, so, so congratulations. I just want to say congratulations because you've done 30 years pairing together. Um, how did you celebrate um, the finish? <laughs> I'm going to put the picture up of you finishing now. Uh, oh, no, that's not the picture of you finishing. This is a picture of you two looking quite soggy at the finish, but big smile still. Yeah. Um, and then they made you they made you a patch didn't they um an om patch yeah. with 30 written on it so yeah 30 years club there's this club they do for 30 years there so, so that's it so so a bit i've been doing some so two things the person out there did did some research into this with the on people there mm. and um there is another pair that have done oh. 30 together but they've stopped now oh so so so, so so there's another pair that have done 30 ons and and who is that? Is Together. that is that Wendy? I don't know the names of. I bet it's Wendy this. Dodds and her no, running no, partner. When, it's not. It's not Wendy. No, that's it. Uh, and that's a funny one there. John's John came back to me there. He, he beat Wendy Dodds in a in a in a race uh, for them and said that. So so he got to that point where he was happy beating a seventy year old lady running around the hills and that was his major she nails, achievement. Though. She's not any old seventy year old lady, oh, is she? No. I remember she was. I think she was sixty one doing the Dragon's Back race. Race, yes like oh, the, in 2012 Absolutely. she had, there, she had the me. number 61 on her because she yeah. was like 61 and I remember seeing her come in at the finish and people were crying because they were just like oh my god it's such an amazing achievement so yeah, yeah she's amazing so no she's so um, this year we uh great thing 
John's wife Claire, because it was her birthday again now, as you can imagine. Yes. <laughs> I bet she's better for that. So they, they had a cottage in the lake, so we uh, we went to work to the pub basically. So it was a bit of there. So yes, um, toasted. Had a few pints in uh, in Grasmere, I think it was, were this year. Yeah, I was just going to say, how did you rec- how do you usually recover after these things, apart from the beer? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think usually find that time of year. I uh, I always used to basically then use that i just had some time off because usually at that time of there is is the um you know with, with things there and work and all that sort of stuff i, I used to really throttle back the training then until the beginning into the new year because what where we got into a cycle was that the group you know working was always, was always difficult but we used to do the saunders in july so that almost got us going and we did an event there so and it was usually in the summer so we'd, we'd done a mountain race in the summer and then we used to, after some holidays, that's when we'd, we'd, we'd then pick up that training things that we do and we'd try to get most weekends, we'd try and get into into the peaks and, and, and run there. So, so that was sort of the the uh, you know the mid-pack runner sort of cycle that we got into to do these events. And, and it was, yeah, days in the hills again was the thing. So, so, so that's, I suppose, how, how that sort of uh, worked its way through. Yeah, and then you just recovered by dropping yeah. it all down again yeah, yeah. And so yeah so so it was yeah you'd normally find i think some of the stiffest legs i've had have been after on sometimes there and you'd see so you just don't you just i think as all these people say there you know you've done ultras and stuff like they don't do anything for a week or two is it's the best advice and stretch and get back and then start again when you feel comfortable to do it and i think at that time of year as well, after you've done an arm, there's, there's not much going on. Again yeah, as well. so, you can so chill out for a bit. It's a good time to have a chill out point, point in the year. Yeah, celebrate before Christmas, yeah. yeah. Um, well, John is already saying, I will drag Colin round the 31st if I have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as well as saying overtaking Wendy Dodds is probably the highlight of my running career. Um, so <laughs> if this does beg the question, Colin, will you be going for the 40 together, 40 events together? So, yeah, so, so um, the pack that John and I have got is, is that we're going to go until we fall to bits. Oh, brilliant. So 50, maybe even 60. Uh, if, so so the thing about it there is, is is that if we're fit enough, we'll be going. And I yes. think that's the thing. So we may be getting slower. But but this is where, you know, you get into a whole thing about, you know, about the great thing there. I mean, you got me into that one, Claire. Oh, that is good. I have had it's, a lot uh, of views so, of that so, yeah, YouTube so, channel. I remember that, yeah. that one when you, when you interviewed him. Like that. so, so, yeah. So that's, um, I think... For anyone watching uh, listening to the podcast, Colin's just held yeah. up the book Fast After 50 by Joe Friel, who I've interviewed on the channel. I'll link to it. I'll link to Joe Friel's interview and also um, all the navigation stuff on the channel. I'll put that in the show notes yeah. and in the film description below but yeah that's a really good one that's had loads of views i bet joe's sold loads of books off that it's brilliant so i mean the, the, there's a whole piece now you can get about you know um old age middle you know mid-pack runners and stuff there but but you've now got to train smarter i mean john's really good on big days but i think uh, i think that was something you were talking about recently I, so what I'm, I'm going to do now is, is really look at how you can train smarter for somebody as you get older and it isn't just volume I mean, I've got sort of three mantras I use at the moment there for training, which is basically, um, and it, a lot of it comes from Joe and other people who are talking about this, I don't run more than four times a week. I may bike or hike or something there, but, but you don't run more than four times a week. Uh, I, I certainly do the 80-20 heart rate training, low intensity stuff that's there, so that's good. And, and that strength and conditioning is just a huge one, but 
people our age because we're losing muscle mass. So that's big. And I think John's the same on that as well there now. It's, it's that that's something you've really got to introduce into, into what you're doing. So so those are, and if you can keep those going, I think the big disaster is going to be when a hip or a knee or something like that goes. And that's, yeah, I think that's when you're going to have to put us out to grass and put us down or just shoot horses, <laughs> don't they, or something <laughs> or like that. Shoot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, there's no, there's keep no going. to stop anyway, Claire. Yeah. Oh, well, I think you'll get 40 and maybe even fit, like 50 arms would be incredible and it's such Jesus. an achievement. They'd probably make you come and do all those talks, you know, like they've got little talks that are like beforehand and you'd probably be yeah. wheeled out for that, wouldn't you? And yeah. So that's that. So if we, so what, that would be at least 20, wow. 20 years. 80. You'd be 80. It'd be good going if you could do, but I mean, you can do this, like the shortest score course possible and just get one control. You've still done an arm, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. when they were the big six zero this year, John and I, both of us. Yeah, you're sixty this year. Yeah, yeah. That's it, that's it, yeah. Ah, both of us. Congratulations, yeah. same mm -hmm. age. Yeah. Well, you don't look a day over twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> day over sixty five, my daughter would say. To me, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, it's been really fantastic to chat to you both, <laughs> John on the live yeah. chat and Colin, um, there at home. Um, and it it sounds absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for all the tips. Um, I think everybody's got a really good impression of what the arm is, what's required for the arm, and how how you could train up for it. And uh, you're making me feel like I even want to do one now. So <laughs> maybe yeah, I'll I, see you I, on I, one. I forget, I forget your hundred miler, Claire, and just just do just the arm. Just go for the just, arm. Just do it harder. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. I mean, seriously, to the people there is is that if they're looking for something that's going to really challenge them a bit different. Um, if they've got a good friend as well that they like running with, try one of these. To, you know, there's the summer one that you know, do the Saunders as well. That's yeah. really good. Go for the if you know, if you know, if you know, if you're worried about the weather and the cold, a lot of people say I don't do it because it's cold and wet. But I mean, we love cold and wet, so it's just stuff that's there. So. <laughs> You've got to in the UK, haven't you? Yeah. So, so, so there's so, so I, I, it's really something that that um, I think Vassos Alexander he does a lot of stuff there. He says it's one of the it was on his bucket list thing of the things races that he had oh, yeah. to do there. I think he did that. To so, do one, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, so, so, so uh, it really is worth people trying it just to, you know, mix up the things that they do. Yeah. Oh, Vassos did do one with Stuart Smith, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. right, yeah. We yeah. saw him one when he's seen them. We've, we've had all the greats running past us in things yeah. there. So. I don't think he liked it. I, I don't know if it was sharing a tent with Stuart. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> but I don't think he liked it because Stuart's like like shorter and rounder. Sorry, Stuart. Here's my friend. <laughs> you won't mind me saying this. Yeah, I've made him famous anyway by, by talking about him. Um, and Vassos is very tall and thin, isn't he? So I can imagine the tent space was a bit like... I don't, I don't know. Maybe Vassos was a bit traumatised about spooning, maybe. <laughs> we can't speak for him. I'll ask him when I next see him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've made me definitely think about doing more now stuff and with training for this hundred I need to get out into the mountains so I maybe should plan myself some routes and navigate myself around some things um yeah cause it's, it's very inspiring and whenever I talk to anybody on these live shows I'm always like oh yes I could get back into that and I'll just get back into that I can't wait to retire it'd be brilliant have time well, to no, do everything not, I mean, we, we did a lot we did loads of these really while we're you know holding down two pretty you know full-on jobs you see we, we did that so you can do it and yeah we're, no, we're never going to win I think we made a a chasing start a few times and that's that's about as good as we cool. got there but but you know if you love days in the hills and running it, we, well, i think why you do these is, is that 
you run, you, you, you travel in the hills faster than you would do if you were hiking is a great thing about it. And you, yeah. and you see lots of different places that, you know, and, and, and weird places. So you still do it in the lakes and you think you know the lakes. And, you know, if you do an om in the lakes, you go to places you never, you know, where are we here? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's just a, you know, average people can do these things and, and uh, you know, just, just go for it. Brilliant. Oh, well, that sounds like a great place to end the interview. Um, thank you so much to Colin and to John as well. Um, and hopefully we'll see you all at the OM in 2023. Yeah, we certainly will. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye.